Welcome to Growing in Grace, a weekly program featuring informal conversation to help with growth in understanding the gospel and to live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ. And now, here's the host of Growing in Grace, Mike Kapler and Joel Barizaki. Hey, it's Growing in Grace. I'm Joel, along with Mike. I'm getting together for this weekly chat. Uh, I've become uh, uh, very fond of our weekly chats, Mike, and I hope you have too. Just uh, getting together to talk about our Father's goodness and His grace and His love. And uh, as we uh, get started here, you know, we had talked about a few things the last couple of weeks uh, in regards to not being identified by our sins and you know by the various sins that we commit, which are very real. I mean, it's true that as Christians we do commit sinful acts. And, and we went through some of this, so we won't necessarily go through all of it again. But uh, we do commit some things. But yet, in Christ, we have become the righteousness of God. And that's why Christ died for us. And so we're just going to pick up on some of this, I think, again. And and uh, welcome uh, to you, Mike. Hope things are going well for you. Thanks, Joel. You know, uh, we've said it before. I think we picked it up from somebody else um, who, who uh, is a good teacher of the Bible. But understanding your identity in Christ is the key to success in all areas of life. And you mentioned, Joel, that we are now the righteousness of God in Him. That's, that's one uh, definition of our identity, and perhaps maybe one of the most important, because righteousness is a requirement for us to not only get to heaven, but really to be, to be in relationship with God, to, to be welcomed by God, to be accepted by God, Righteousness is a requirement. For most of my Christian life, at least as a younger Christian, uh, I got saved at a young age and, and, and grew up understanding quite a bit about the Scriptures, taught uh, some classes and so forth. Not that I had a degree or anything, but I had a, a basic understanding of, of what it meant to be a Christian and, and uh, to be able to, to teach and expound upon certain areas of Scripture. That's, that's what I did. But but I did not have, have an understanding, Joel, about my identity in Christ. I, I didn't really have, I'd never heard about the grace walk and, and righteousness by faith and uh, all of that good stuff. So what we've got here now is an understanding that, you know, if, if we were to take a, uh, a program, we could probably spend 15 minutes just listing 80 to 100 or so identity scriptures in the new covenant mm-hmm. that define us in Christ and and so it's important that we understand how how we're identified and who we're identified as and uh, we we did talk about some of that from 1 Corinthians 6 last time and we kind of want to move on from there you know we we said something on the last program Joel that might have been a really big piece of meat to swallow for those of us who have been brought up to think a certain way and uh that I don't even know if I want to repeat it again, but the subject came up as to whether whether you could uh, forfeit your salvation by what you do. When we've clearly talked about you're defined not by what you do, but by what you believe. And uh, I, I think it's so easy. Sometimes it happens so subtly that sometimes we 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 begin to understand, or we begin to we begin to think that. Our, our, our identity, our, our righteousness, our position in Christ is affected by what we do or don't do, good or bad. And, and that's erroneous thinking, and it often puts the spotlight back on us instead of on the cross and on Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, like, like you were saying, you know, it's 
You know, the, the requirement for our eternal life is perfect righteousness. It's perfection. Like uh, we've mentioned lots of times, Jesus said, be perfect, therefore, as your Father in heaven is perfect. Your righteousness needs to exceed that of the scribes and Pharisees and teachers of the law. Your, your righteousness needs to be perfect. And so if we fall short in any one little area, then if, if we're living by the standard of of the law, if we're living by the standard of, of what God says is right and what God says is wrong, then any time we mess up, if if we were not living by the righteousness that's by faith that you're talking about, then sure, I mean, we could lose our righteousness and our perfect standing before God in an instant. Uh, but the good news is that what Christ has done for us is that in, in our place, you know, he took the wrath of God upon himself. He took our sins, and in him, uh, we became the righteousness of God. And so it's it sounds like heresy to some people to say that, that uh, you know, some of the things that we're talking about, that uh, a person can sin and sin and sin and sin and still not lose their righteousness. And, and, and it's true that as Christians, we haven't been saved to sin. You know, we haven't been saved so that we could be put into bondage to various uh, sinful acts that are contrary to, to God's holiness. We haven't been saved for that purpose. But the fact remains that if we do sin, and when we do sin, because we do, again, if we're, if we're living by the standard of perfection, no matter what, one little sin is gonna is gonna get us right out of right out of our salvation. But fortunately, uh, for what God has done for us again is in Christ. He's given us the gift of righteousness, and and something I think that you know this this bumper sticker that you see around you know Christians aren't perfect, just forgiven. That sells Christianity way short. That sells God way short. What He has done because. In Christ, God has perfected us, the book of Hebrews says. He has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. And we've been more than forgiven. You know, we've been given life. We've been given life with Christ. It's Christ's very own life that we've been given. And so, you know, if we're going to sit around here thinking, you know, petty little thoughts about are, are, we, are we saved or not, or are we going to remain saved if we sin or not, we're missing the whole point. Uh, because God has completely wiped away our sin. It says he took it away, and he, he took the, the handwriting of requirements that was against us, and he nailed it to a cross so that in Christ you know, we can become the righteousness of God in him. Again, it's a gift, and it's something that we can walk in every day, whether we feel it or not, and whether our actions completely represent the truth of who, who we are or not. Yeah, because we have our own levels of what we think sin is. You know, Jesus said, you heard it said that it's wrong to murder, but I tell you that if you're angry, angry with your brother, that's just as bad. I mean, that, that's like the equivalent of murder. When, you, when you're angry with your brother for no good reason in your heart, that's like murder. I mean, but we don't look at it that way, do we? I mean, right. we, we have our own sins that we think are worse than the other ones. And uh, I just, uh, I think sometimes people set their own standards and um, try to keep them, still fall short, and then accuse somebody else uh, to try to bring the guilt and condemnation on them for, for a sin they think they would never commit when Jesus, if he were here today, would probably say, well, you have committed that one. In your heart, you have anyway. And so, you know, I, looking at, at Hebrews 11, Joel, if, if uh, i got to flip my Bible over to that here because I was kind of skipping around while we were talking, but some refer to this as the great faith chapter. It kind of refers back to 
some of the uh, the people from the old covenant, how they were identified by faith. It's an interesting mix of talking about faith from the Old Testament saints, but also in some cases referring to some things that they did, even though they did those things by faith. Mm-hmm. One one of the one of the big ones that sticks out to me is I'm I've, I've got this open here too, um, is is Rahab, the harlot. You know, you've pointed this out to me before, Mike, uh, that uh, this harlot, you know, she's not identified as Rahab, the righteous person. I mean, she, it's not, it doesn't say, it doesn't identify Rahab in a, in a positive way as far as what she did. It says, by faith, the harlot, Rahab. It was identifying her by what she did. But, it, but what it's talking about here is that this is one of the righteous people. This is one of the people of faith. And of course, it's not trying to get us to say that, you know, it's, harlotry is a good thing. But we can look at this list of people here at Hebrews and, and, and the things that they did, a lot, sometimes a lot of the things that they did were not very righteous things. They were sinful things, but yet uh, they were justified by faith despite the, the things that they had done. It is interesting how the book of Hebrews still calls Rahab a harlot. (laughs) (laughs) By faith, the harlot Rahab uh, did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. I'll tell you who's not in here, Joel. Uh, It's Job. Job isn't in this great uh, hall of faith here in Hebrews chapter 11. I think that uh, Job was a pretty cool guy. But I think a lot of points are missed in the book of Job. Because if if we were to comb through it carefully, I think we would come to the conclusion, uh, among some good attributes, one of the weaknesses or problems that that Job had was that he was a very self-righteous man. And uh, much, you know, that's one of the problems the Pharisees had, and, and many Israelites had. They went about trying to establish their own righteousness. I mean, can you think of a group of people, you know, at least in that day and age, in the Bible uh, Bible times, a group of people who were more self-righteous than the Pharisees. And, and I think that was one of the things that seemed to get Jesus really mad, was people uh, who were self-righteous and hypocritical about faith. And uh, Job was a little bit that way. Now, at the end, he, he repented, and, and good things happened. But uh, Rahab the harlot, uh, it's almost as if she's being identified as that, and uh, she's in the hall of faith. That's going to blow the minds of a lot of religious people out there. <laughs> Rahab the harlot. And then so many of these other people in here. Uh, you know, a lot of these people, uh, you know, Abraham is in here. By faith, Abraham did such and such. By faith, Isaac. By faith, Jacob did such and such. By, by faith, Joseph. All of these people, you know, I used to read and hear uh, the stories of their lives, and and when I would see something like uh, Abraham, uh, the you know the time when uh, I think there were a couple times when Abraham passed his wife off as his sister, allowing another man to take his wife, all, so that Abraham could save his own butt. You know, I used to read stuff like that, and I and and I would just skim it over, going, hmm, you know, I don't quite get that, uh, and I would just. And I would just forget about it because, well, Abraham's the father of faith. He wouldn't ever do anything bad. And and then Isaac and Jacob, these guys did some really rotten things, some really rotten things. But yet they're known as you know people who 
uh, you know, well, the the, the title uh, here in the New King James is uh, before it gets to uh, Hebrews eleven seventeen says the faith of the patriarchs. So these people are known as the patriarchs, but they're they're the people who who lived by faith and, and were justified all because of faith, not because of what they did. And and so and I think of King David, the things that he did. Uh, you know, we know about him and, and Bathsheba and how he sent Bathsheba's husband out to the out to die purposely. Uh, so that he could have his wife, so that he could have Bathsheba. David, a man after God's own heart. And so, not to glorify sin, of course. Not to say that sin is a wonderful gift that God has given us, because obviously that's not true. But just uh, to to read these stories of, of people of faith and understand that you know they did some bad things. You and I, we do some bad things. But we're, that hasn't caused us to lose our, our position with God and our, our standing with God and, and the fact that we are still saints and we're holy and we're justified and we're still the righteousness of God. There is nothing we can add to the finished work of Christ. Nothing can separate us from his love. And uh, I think sometimes we, we get carried away with uh, do's and don'ts and uh, trying to maintain our salvation, keep things intact. Uh, there's nothing we can do. Uh, and there's nothing that you can do to take it away. And once you begin to understand that, you can begin to relate to who you really are in Christ. It's all about your identity. And then it will carry over into other areas of your life and bring victory. So indeed, let's uh, you know get established in our identity and in the truth of who we are in Christ Jesus. Well, hey, I'm Joel, along with Mike. Growing in Grace is the program. Check us out at graceroots.org. You've been listening to Growing in Grace with Mike Kepler and Joel Baruzaki, a weekly program featuring informal conversation to help with growth in understanding the gospel and to live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ. 